0: Good evening. This is going to be a PM edition of Driving Theology. Thanks for uh, listening. Uh, it is, wow, sometime in April. I'm not even sure. Let me see. let just take a roll today. It is April 20 something. 22nd? Maybe? 23rd? I <laughs> can't remember now. Uh, but it's just uh, about a week before. Uh, a little less than a week before golden week which is a basically a week-long holiday uh, that Japanese people think in the spring so we're uh, getting ready for that they call it golden week because the weather during this week more often than not is very golden very sunny and warm and beautiful that's coming up in about a week we'll have some days off which would be great some time with the family, some time to do some odd jobs around the house, which is always needed, um, as uh, wild as my garden gets, so I probably have to cut some weeds and pull some weeds and maybe plant some vegetables, and who knows, and we'll see, uh, but yeah, a lot. lot's happened this week, um, uh, we've had some, well, it's been bad news so far, and it could be, potentially worse news but we are praying for the best and hoping for the best. Um, my good friend Pat has been on this podcast. His his daughter is uh, in the hospital. She's been in since uh, last weekend and she'll probably be there for another couple days at least. Uh, but she is uh, in the process of being diagnosed for a, a In 400 meters, turn left. Sorry, it's really loud, isn't it? I'm navigating myself to a store. I'm actually not on the route that I'm usually on, so I use the navigator to make sure I find the fastest route. Uh, Anyway, so, yeah, she's uh, had some tumors found, one in her her shoulder. Turn left. Anyway. Then, turn left. In her lymph system. Uh, And so... I go to my Google Maps, I hope so. Head south, turn left. So, yeah, uh, she may or may not have some sort of uh, lymphatic cancer, possibly lymphoma, um, but she's only seven, Uh, it's their only child, and so uh, you can imagine Pat and his wife are quite, nervous over this and I'm sure uh, their daughter is as well so I would appreciate your prayers for them uh, for Patrick his wife and his daughter uh, especially as uh, she is uh, you know just a little girl and going through a pretty scary situation and uh, you know we we hope for and pray for just complete healing for her continue straight and uh, yeah uh, so that's been going on. And so, as you can imagine, all of the people that are involved with them uh, and are close to them uh, have been praying for them all week. And because we are the kind of gatherings that we are, I'm talking about two specific gatherings, we kind of have have ad- adapted to uh, changing what we might normally do to to focusing on, on this... Uh, Uh, this situation, both praying for them and also uh, trying to be reassured of our faith, uh, even in times of sorrow and and trying to explore just where God is uh, through our pain and our fear. Uh, And so we've been exploring that a lot the last week uh, in our gathering last Friday as well as uh, Monday. Uh, And so uh, not a day goes by that we don't um, think about them and and, and think about this um, this problem of, of pain, and where is God uh, in our in our struggles and in our in our um, in our fear and in our pain? Uh, so I thought I'd talk about that a little bit this week. Not not as a not as a sermon a sermon on how to how how we, what we should think of, but more as a uh, sorry finish my thought. Not, not as a sermon on how we need to react in such times or or the opinions we need to have on God. But more as a just a, you know, uh, as usual a rambling on, on where God is in our pain. Because this, this comes up and this will come up in everyone's life. This is an important thing to think about and talk about. And it's also something that often Causes people to walk away from their faith uh, to stop believing in Jesus because sometimes it seems like God is the least tangible when we need his touch the most Um, and so why is that you know what 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 causes us to think that because as long as your faith is still solid you must also wrestle with the fact that when it seems like you need God the most, He's, he's, he's the farthest away. Um, and if you haven't experienced that, my money is on the fact that you will experience it sometime. Not that I pray that you do. I, I, I wish everybody would be spared that. Um, but at the same time, it seems that getting through those times strengthen us For even greater uh, challenges down the road. Um, But I still don't believe that that's why God allows those things to happen. And I've talked about this several times. And so if you're tired of me hearing this, we'll just turn off this podcast and maybe, maybe listen to another one or wait for the next one. But I really want to think through this. This idea that God allows bad stuff to happen, uh, and and uh, what I've come up with um, for me at this time—it's where I am now, right—and and I believe that just like everybody, this theology is going to be progressive, um, and that. One day I will adjust it again and it will look a little bit different than it does now. Uh, But this is where I am now. God. uh, In 400 meters, turn right. I'm trying to turn that down, it keeps getting louder. When God created the world, He, even though free choice existed from the beginning, because man had not made a choice to go against him, uh, sin had not yet entered the world. And because well. man was going uh, going along completely with the will of God for a time, it never came up uh, because pain never entered the world. You see, pain enters the world when man chooses to go his own way. And pain enters through sin, because sin, basically, uh, is when man decides he knows best uh, and decides to uh, act not in accordance with God's will, but in accordance with his own will. In other words, he chooses to exercise his free will in contrast to God's will or in opposition to God's will. Okay. So, uh, sin entered the world then. And as soon as sin entered the world, as soon as man made a choice to go his own way, God, because he respects us and our choices, allowed us to have complete dominion over the world. In other words, uh, he in a sense, stepped back and allowed the world to spin basically on its own and allowed man to experience that world spinning without the, the second to second, um, Husbandry of God, let's say. I don't want to say control because God's not a controller. But he is a benevolent and powerful being who would create, uh, who, who would control the world if we were to give him that sovereignty. But God, as hard as it is to understand, he does not take sovereignty. He accepts it. He doesn't take control, but he accepts us giving him charge. Okay? Because that's the nature of free will. Now just ponder that for a minute. The only infinite being in the universe, and most would say that he's infinitely powerful, uh, he knows all, and he's everywhere. He's omnipresent. Most people would would say that about God. That's another podcast, and if we haven't explored that yet. Uh, I, w- I would like to, at some point, ex- explain explore the three omnis because uh, I think they're interesting, and I, I want to see what what happens there. But but back to sin. So so this is the situation we find ourselves in today because Jesus has not yet come back. And reconciled the entire creation to ourselves. So where we find ourselves today, physically, is living in a world that basically has been let go of by God, in a sense. Although He's near, He does not control it. And so the world spinning by itself and under the control of man, or it's not under the control of man, but man wanted control of it, and therefore God, you know, gave gave him over to that. Uh, we live in a world with earthquakes, and tsunamis, and storms, and mosquitoes, and, and uh, uh, poisonous snakes, and, and man-eating lions, um, and asteroids, uh, and, and the universe basically is antagonistic in so many ways to the existence of man, that it seems like for man to survive, he has to fight nature. But that's because man wanted control over nature and wanted con- to control himself. Wanted to call his own shots, uh, and actually not just wanted to control his own shots because that's the nature of that's the nature of free will. But he wanted to go against God. In fact, he he was uh, uh, suspicious of God. We know that Eve was tricked by the snake into believing that God was deceiving mankind, and that's why he would not allow them to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so God, because he is a God who grants free will to man, steps back. Man gets a world that doesn't quite work right, that seems to be a little bit sick, a little bit off, uh, quite antagonistic to man's existence. Man now has to fight to survive, has to fight the elements, uh, has to fight the ground for food, has to fight animals uh, for food and, and, and shelter and uh, clothing, and has to fight the weather. And man and animal since that time seem to have been drifting farther and farther apart from each other. Uh, and the world, and, and I've talked about before how disconnected mankind seems to be from the world today. Uh, you know, I've got, I've got people who, you know, kids that I teach here who talk about how they hate being outside. They don't like being outside, period. Uh, they hate bugs, every bug, they hate all insects. basically playing antagonists antagonists to nature right they, they are they believe that nature is against them you know the sun or the wind or the rain so they've just shut themselves indoors and that's a, that's a big problem these days I think with with uh, people all over the place. I'm a bit different I know there are outdoorsy people out there. I, I love being outside I like being out in nature and, and that's something I enjoy very much. But even I have my limits, you know, whether it's too cold or too wet or too hot or whatever it is. There are times when I don't like to be outside, when I want to be sheltered. Uh, So, man chooses to go his own way. Uh, That ushers in the age of sin into the world where God stays at an arm's length and and lets man experience a world... Uh, outside of God's control. And believe it or not, this was all done out of love. God's love demands that he give us free will. Because without free will, we cannot reciprocate that love. Right? Uh, And we can't experience the love of God fully. Uh, without free will so until we choose to accept God's love uh, then we're not able to reciprocate love even to each other very well um, you know maybe we do that to a degree within our families but but really without knowing the love of Jesus uh, reciprocating any pure form of love is next to impossible so that's where we find ourselves today. Now, spiritually speaking, the garden has been restored. Relationship with God has been and restored. Continue and those who uh, call Jesus Lord have theoretically, through free will, given over their lives to Him, allowed Him to be sovereign in their lives again and so spiritually speaking Continue, right. we live in a an environment similar to the Garden of Eden where God is supreme, our relationship with Him is healthy and we have all that we need provided uh, by God and we through free will, through the exercising of free will uh, we decide and we choose to uh, live within the will of God, to not go against His will, but actually to be influenced by His will and to choose to uh, to live uh, by His will, yeah, or in His will. And so spiritually speaking, we have been restored, restoration has come. We have been reconciled back to the Father uh, through Uh, the blood of Jesus shed on the cross uh, which in doing so he took our sins far away from us by becoming the, the scapegoat of our sins he took his sins upon himself and he killed the system of sin spiritually speaking okay because now we have been given full restoration as sons and daughters of God he killed the system of sin. He has killed sin and he has killed death. Now, physically, this has not yet come to pass, right? Because we still see sin everywhere. I mean, just recently, a boy was killed in our area. You know, uh, we, we hear about theft and we hear about war and we hear about uh, fraud uh, and all of these things, uh, abuses of all kinds still happen, Sin physically speaking, is still loose in the world. Uh, And the system of sin, physically speaking, uh, still has quite a lot of power. Uh, But spiritually speaking, we know that it will not have an effect on those who uh, have, through free will, have chosen Jesus and chosen to belong to Jesus. Now, this is complicated, right? And it's taken me all 48 years to come to this conclusion, and in another uh, who knows how many years, probably I'm going to change this a little bit. So here's the question, back to the initial question, with all of this in mind, that knowing that we have a God who defers to us and chooses not to impose his will on us, but waits for us to choose his will over our own, waits patiently, but also allows us to experience the consequences of uh, living without that, living without uh, his will reigning supreme in the, in the world physically. With all of that in mind, where is God in our pain? Where is God in our suffering? Where is God when I'm sick, right? Uh, and through throughout the Bible, Uh, especially with David and and the people of Israel we know that that uh, many people have experienced this feeling many people have asked this question down through the years right Uh, perhaps most famously with David uh, who wrote my God my God why have you forsaken me right So we know that people have experienced distance from God, or at least felt distance from God. Now this is another thing. Now when I said God uh, became distant from us, it it wasn't that He went anywhere, right? God is the same today and tomorrow and forever. God did not go anywhere, right? He stayed close. He never went far away. But I believe he allowed us to experience the consequences of sin for our own good, so that we would have reasons to choose him. We, we would we would be able to choose him, right, to go back to him, and we would understand why uh, we need to be dependent upon him because. Uh, of his goodness and his love for us. And so allowing us to experience the consequences of sin is not hateful, it's loving, right? It's a loving thing. Um, Now, so where is God in our pain? Where did David find God in our pain? I think, I believe by the end of that psalm, David also understood that God wasn't far, that God was near, that God doesn't run from our pain, and he doesn't shun us because of our pain, but he chooses to be close to us and share in our pain with us. Um, Okay, so... And I've talked about this before in other podcasts. The way that the Holy Spirit, who dwells within us, I believe, shares in our pain. That He feels the pain that we feel. He's that close. He's that uh, that much integrated into our very being. He he feels the mental, the physical, and the spiritual pain that we that we feel. Okay. So when we sin, and we are lovingly allowed to feel the consequences of that sin. The Holy Spirit feels that with us, right? So so we have, by sinning, consigned him to feel the consequences of the sin that we ourselves committed and he didn't. I think that's an interesting thing. I I, I don't know, you know, I don't know what that means cosmically. You know, that's, that's something I think uh, to be explored. And I could be wrong about that, but I wonder, right? That's something that I pondered. Sorry about that, got a call from my daughter, so I'm not sure where it trailed off, but hopefully we didn't miss miss much. But anyway, uh, going back to where God is in our pain, um, I think if you will, if if we have a healthy paradigm of, of who God is, I mean really who God is and who Jesus is and and, and the kind of relationship they have with with the world right now, I think as soon as you see that, you will see a lot of give and take between us and God. Um, A lot of concessions have had to be made because of our choices Um, and that uh, is huge, right? That's huge. So. I think if you understand that even though this system that we live in, wherein we feel the consequences of our pain, uh, where, where we feel pain. Now I'm only talking about sin right now. Okay, at this point I'm talking about consequences from sin that we feel. There's another, there's another thing that is the consequences of sin, of original sin, and I think that causes sickness, natural disasters, uh, and other natural things, but, but there's also the consequences of the sins that we actually commit. Now I want to reiterate that we have been forgiven for those, and that, that despite us sinning, that when we choose to belong to Jesus, we, we are, are forgiven completely and I, I, actually I think we're all forgiven, but it's sort of like a feast. Uh, this forgiveness is like a great feast that God has provided us and, and invited us to, but He's not gonna make us come. He's not gonna make you sit down and eat. But I hope that He will go to great lengths to convince all of us that the feast is worth coming to, and that He will He will spare no expense uh, and he will make every effort to to woo us uh, into his, his loving embrace, into his feast. And that I think he would... The, the God that, that is emerging in, in me, the God that I'm seeing, the God that I'm starting to understand, but <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm not so unsure that he won't take eternity to bring every person that that maybe he and i hope he does maybe he'll take more than this life you know maybe he'll use this life to to bring in some maybe he'll even use the next life to bring in more i i i I know that's not a popular uh a popular um idea in the the traditions that i've come from But if God doesn't want anyone to perish, I don't want anyone to perish either. And I believe God doesn't want anybody to be destroyed. And so, whether we only have this life to do it, or whether God uses the next life as well, the fact remains, He's not gonna force us into a loving relationship with Him. He will allow us to choose Him. And you will allow us to discover Him in such a way that strengthens that resolve and and helps us to be better people. Maybe that's where the crux is. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe this, you know, perhaps God could suddenly just appear and be right in front of me Right, with a big sign on it that says "I am God," and do you know all kinds of magic tricks and miracles, and make me realize that yes, He does exist. Maybe He could do it that way, but would that be transformative to who I am? Or is it that the fact that God is somewhat mysterious, and we discover more and more, we discover Him in incremental ways over a lifetime, and that that path of discovering God is what causes the transformation in us to where we internally become more and more like Jesus. Maybe it's that incremental discovery that helps us grow into godly people. People who are followers of Jesus. People who who, whose heart beats together with the heartbeat of Jesus. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's the best way that we can become righteous, that we can become good people, that we can be cleansed of our impurities, and not just forgiven, but actually be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. You know, it's sort of like, it's sort of like, you know, uh, building muscle. You know, let's say you want to become a uh, bodybuilder, a competitive bodybuilder, you know? And you learn that, that there are surgeries, certain surgeries you can do that will give you muscle. They will actually give you muscle. They will they will make your body have all the right lumps in all the right places to be the most aesthetically pleasing bodybuilder ever made. Ever made, and you can do that in the in a week. You can have all all the right bumps in all the right places, and you can be the, the perfect specimen, the perfect bodybuilder. Uh, and you get the surgery, and boom, you've got it. Right, you've got all the bumps. Uh, You've got all the curves. uh, You look like the perfect bodybuilder. But then you realize, well, you've got all the right bumps, but it's not really muscle. I mean, it looks right, but you can't get it to move the right way. And you don't have any strength. You can't do anything with this muscle. You You just got the bumps, but you don't have any of the abilities that would have come by building those muscles in a disciplined way. You may look like a a bodybuilder, but you don't have a body that has been built, right, Uh, over time, right? You don't have a body that will function like a bodybuilder's body might function. You can't flex those muscles. You can't lift any weight. You're you're really not any use to anyone, right? Uh, You just look right, but you, you don't function right. Um, maybe that's what it would be like if, if God made it so obvious to us that He existed that there would be no transformation. And I think I, I think this is exactly right. I mean, look, all right, look, at, look at Jesus and His apostles. Jesus, God in the flesh, was on earth. He was actually on the earth, and he lived amongst His disciples. For three years. He lived amongst men uh, for some 30 odd years. And as far as we can see, until he dies and the Holy Spirit comes, we don't see any real transformation even in his closest disciples. Peter denies, he lies, he's dishonest, so he's morally morally compromised. John runs from Jesus, he doesn't stay with Jesus, he, he protects himself, as do all the other disciples. Nobody stays. Now John returns, well, John hangs turn around, right. but as far as we can tell, morally speaking, correct me if I'm wrong. No transformation or very little transformation happens while Jesus is even on earth. And they knew he was God. They knew he was the son of God. Peter talked about it. Now, perhaps they didn't believe it completely. You know, uh, just like I can relate to that. You know, I, I've known that That. That. God exists and Jesus has existed, but there's been no transformation because really I didn't believe it enough to make him part of my life. Um, But God willing, especially in the last several years, God willing, I'm being transformed. Now I'm not there yet, but But knowing who God is and discovering him by faith perhaps is the path to being transformed into the likeness of God. Which is why the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, is more important than his physical presence on earth. That believing by faith and the transformation that it causes is far more effective in transforming us into the likeness of Christ than Christ's fleshly presence on earth. Hmm. Uh, that's something to explore. Um. Uh, wow, that was quite a tangent. Um, yeah. Uh, so, if you want to know where God is in your pain, He's with you, right beside you, and He's 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 begging you, He's wooing you, He's He's trying to influence you to believe in Him and to lean on Him and to trust Him. Because in so doing, you find the best pathway to transforming yourself into the likeness of Christ. And because Jesus is so full of grace and love, he, He's still going to forgive you, even if you don't find that complete transformation in this life. He's, he still forgives you, you know. Uh, but transformation into the likeness of Christ in this life leads to blessing others. It leads to helping others. It leads to helping alleviate the pain of others. And when we're not transformed in the likeness of Christ, all we have left is the likeness of Adam, which basically is... Is self and selfishness, right? That's what we will be left with. Uh, And that is not going to lead to the alleviation of anyone else's suffering. That is going to lead to the betterment of self, right? The the seeking of of yourself, uh, selfishness. Well, I'm about to my destination, which is Costco. Woohoo! am Gonna get some meat and stuff uh, for a uh, gathering with some kids this weekend, which I'm looking forward to. I'm gonna do some smoking, uh, meat smoking in the next couple of days. And uh, anyway, um, I'm gonna have to leave it there, but I want to reiterate that you guys pray for, for Patrick as his daughter who is the victim of, of this system of sin in the world that has caused sickness. Uh, Now, it's not because of her sins. It's not because of the sins of her parents. Uh, It is because mankind, many years ago, and he continues to choose uh, to go his own way. And we are... Uh, unfortunately caught in that system Um, but praise God uh, through the power of Jesus he can do so much more than we ever uh, than we can imagine and that he is willing and able to insert himself into uh, this world and bring healing uh, when he finds faith, and it's because it's not because he wants to be worshiped or loved, it's because he knows that we need to be transformed, that it's better for us to be transformed. And when we, by faith, believe that he will act in the world, we get to grow more into the likeness of Jesus, and so. When he knows, I think, I could be wrong about this. When he knows that our faith will be strengthened by his intervening into this imperfect world, then I believe he will do it. I could be wrong about that. I This is something that I've been exploring and, man, trying to figure out the nature of... of Faith. The nature of faith and the nature of prayer. The nature of, of miracles. I believe in miracles. I believe in, in, in prayer. I believe in faith. But I'm really struggling to figure out how they all coincide with each other. And what the relationship is between prayer and faith and God's miraculous intervention in the world. I really haven't been praying a lot lately um, actually I've been praying more because of asley's situation but generally speaking because I don't yet at this point have a grasp of how it all works together you know why does God intervene here and why doesn't he there so uh, this is where I came to during this you know forty or so minutes of of contemplation that Perhaps, perhaps, Jesus wants to see our faith because he knows that when our faith grows, it helps us transform more into his likeness. Perhaps, I don't know. I'm going to have to, this is going to be something that I will be chewing on for quite some time and and uh, perhaps coming to uh, different um, conclusions over. But I'm going to have to leave it there for right now. I thank you guys for listening, and and I hope this is somehow beneficial to somebody. It may or may not be. Um, But anyway, love you guys, and and we do covet your prayers uh, for Pat's daughter. Thanks. Bye.